everybody and welcome to another edition of red state blues as always i am your host devo and i am joined by two people today we have our on again off again uh guest host here uh coming to us live from ohio alan belsky how you doing there belsky yes the, the, I am wonderful. I'm the wonderful. Belsk dozer, I guess, if we're going to go back to old OU quarterback references, the Belsk dozer. I don't know. Uh, the, you know, the bell dozer back then. Uh, and then we are also joined, uh, as always, uh, the man who is just, uh, he's a consummate professional. Uh, he's got immaculate hair. I know you can't see it right now, um, <laughs> but it is Daniel, the political manual. Uh, Dano, how's it going? over there and uh, by the way folks we are on a zoom because we have al uh, belsky with us today so uh that's what's going on there uh why we sound like this so uh what's going on there dano not a whole lot when did i become uh third billing on this show uh you know <laughs> Man, <laughs> well, save the best for last Who's well you know when the subscriptions went up and it was it coincided with belsky being on the show i kind of figured i needed to bump him up at the billing so <laughs> they said We'll continue listening, but it's got to include less manual. Yeah, uh, pretty More soon. More of an automatic crowd. Pretty soon this will be Alan Belsky Presents Red State Blues, a getting greasy joint. So uh, we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so it was a, uh, a another, we are, another week has gone by. We are how many weeks out from the presidential election now? Like five? Yeah, I think somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, so it's getting ever closer, and I gotta say, uh, in general, it doesn't seem like it. Like, well, that's no. because that's because spring break ended three weeks ago, and usually we don't vote for president five weeks after spring break. So, well, yeah, I know, and I think also by this point in the past, we've we like because I'd seen on my Facebook timeline, you know, we were doing presidential debates in 2016, like now like 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 four years ago yesterday was a presidential debate uh when is the first one it's this tuesday. week it's this week tuesday tuesday night wonderful northeast ohio cleveland ohio oh are they gonna put the cuyahoga river out uh they're gonna you know extinguish the fire on the cuyahoga for this one or are they gonna nice reference yes. burning river nice yeah. reference it's been all uh, of what three weeks since it caught on fire last time so so there you go. Uh, Contrary to Dr. DeVore, um, Cleveland does not rock. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, well, you know, home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and all that. Okay. Stuff. But we are in the uh, – uh, we are in the 
what, what would we say? We're the wake of RBG's uh, passing last week, uh, which if you listened to our episode last uh, Saturday, it was kind of somber. Uh, and now we are. Do Jewish people do wakes? Um, so it's called uh, not kind of. You have a funeral. Uh, but it's usually, you know, you never see the body. Um, so that's where it's different. And also it's like there's this whole ceremony around how like you're supposed to wrap the body and different stuff like that. And you, but the biggest thing is that the family does what's called sitting Shiva for eight, eight full days. So today with her dying on Friday, today would be the last day that her family is, is sitting Shiva. Um, and, you know, basically ending, you know, the, the morning period and it's coinciding with the day that Amy Barrett's going to be announced as Supreme court justice, which nominee nominee. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Six and one half than the other, um, which is disgusting because, um, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, but I'm glad that you could shed some light on that because to your traditional host, uh, myself, the manual and uh, Dr. Dustin, wake is just what you cannot do on the edge of a lake. <laughs> it's like a no wake. Yes. So uh, I'm glad shed some light on that no, no no nothing offensive about the usage of the word wake in the in the jewish morning vernacular so no worries there uh, no i'm i'm wake woke i'm woke woke. <laughs> oh, yes okay well i'm glad we clarified our usage of the word wake uh there uh and i'm also glad that well i was glad that someone's foot was off the zoom but now it's back uh oh boy uh all right so uh but yeah no so uh, uh Bill privilege yeah. that your ears are the only ones experiencing this listeners thank you Dan. <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> belsky can you tell us a little bit about the uh lady that trump is presumably going to announce today that is is his uh replacement for rbg well amy coney barrett and um you know she's um the um, justice in Chicago Federal Appeals Court, I believe, um, you know, very controversially approved through the Senate a few years ago. Um, notably, the news is talking about how Dianne Feinstein, you know, bashed her Catholic faith, which it really wasn't. It was just, hey, you know, you've previously stated that this is the most important part of you. Do you think that would cloud your judgment? Um, which I think is a very fair question, but, you know, people have come after Dianne Feinstein. But back to Barrett, you know, extremely conservative record. Um, she's an originalist, you know, as they call themselves, just like Scalia, meaning that she believes that the Constitution is not a living document, but what's on the paper is what's on the paper. And, um, you know, she's previously expressed uh, the fact that, you know, upset at John Justice Roberts for his decision, um, you know, allowing Obamacare to continue. Um, and, you know, has said that and she's obviously pro-life as well. So a lot of really big concerns because, um, you know, the, uh, there's a case regarding Obamacare that I don't know enough about, but I do know that it's on November 10th that they're going to be hearing it. And it's very possible that Obamacare could be reversed through that case based on my understanding. And of course, you know, Roe v. Wade being overturned, regardless of if we do the best thing that we can do, which is stall it, wait till Biden gets uh, inaugurated, which is if, when, but that's a whole nother thing, getting Trump out. And we'll get to that, obviously. But um you know, they're still going to be hearing an abortion case in the next several years, the Supreme Court is, regardless of yeah. who's in there. So, um, and it's very possible that Roe v. Wade will be overturned, which will mean that, you know, every red state legislature state will have the ability to not allow abortion in their state. So it's serious times. Like, it's not just, 
oh, we don't want the Republican person to be nominated. No, like these are big, heavy issues that are going to come up very soon. So, um, you know, I, I had we I had a bit of an emotional breakdown the Friday night that it happened and screamed no and was very mad, sad, all the stages of grieving. Um, but, you know, we have to try to turn that into action. And however we can get these assholes to not push her through, we should do. But I'm just worried we can't because they have the numbers. So, uh, yeah, if, and with uh... – <clears throat> So looking at the Supreme Court uh, currently, I mean, she's uh, 46 years old. So that's right. I mean, youngest nominee ever. If she goes up there. Yeah. She, you know, like Gorsuch is currently 53, uh, I believe, if this is up to date. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, this is uh, like looking at their ages, you know, it's uh, yeah. Uh, Clarence Thomas is up there, but uh you know, we're, we're not in a good place here with the uh, liberal judges, liberal justices on the on the Supreme Court. And the fact that we could have this conservative judge there. I mean, you're not going to it's very rare that they step down before, you know, they die. Yeah. Like and, and especially when the opposing party is, is in there. The only reason that Barrett would step down is if she had to maybe go take care of one of her seven children. She has seven children. Um, uh, 47. I mean, two are um, adopted. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah. That's anyway, that's, that's, yeah, that's too many kids. <laughs> I mean, I hate to sound all, you know, communist because, you know, I'm sure all the right wingers that listen to us, which there are a lot, we have hundreds and hundreds of right wingers that listen to us and, um, call this the commie pod, but I think you shouldn't be limited to five kids or less. <laughs> yeah well just saying, just saying. and uh, you know uh it, it look it, it's a it's a troublesome um it's a troublesome sort of situation here and there's not much that is going to be done it looks like a lot of people that you know we'd held out some hope that some of the more uh middle of the road senators were going to Dog gardner that was the one that was like okay he knows he's going to lose the senate he doesn't care because he has Mitch in his ear telling him this is important to our legacy. He's going to lose the Senate to John Hickenlooper. And the only shot he had to potentially not is to do something brave or, you know, to not yeah. toe the Republican party line. And he chose not to do that along with Mitt. So do you think that um, there's like a guaranteed lobbyist job waiting on the other side? I, I, I know that, you know, if you're a sitting Senator and you get voted out, you're probably going to be getting a, a cush job like that. But, Especially if you confirm a senator when you're pretty uh, pretty much a, a lame duck, I would imagine he'll be treated well. Yeah, I mean, like there's all. I mean, like think about all. Like you, we've seen it. You yeah, know, you, right. see, you see it everywhere. You see people become university presidents. Some of them are already lawyers, and they just go back to practicing or whatever. You know, and obviously you become a, lo a lobbyist, but like you can become faculty at universities and stuff like that. And you know, you're going to have a cush job no matter what, like once you, even, even if you're like a one term Senator, you're going to like have a pretty cush job when you are done. Cause you're going to have made connections. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's disheartening, but I mean, I, it's like, it, this was like the worst case scenario. Right. Right. Like, and, and we look at it, and the worst, worst case scenario is if Trump wins, he's going to get another nomination because Breyer's 87. 
so or 82 like so i i mean like that would be four out of the nine are would be trump appointees so like, i mean this is episode what um like 25 or whatever yeah somewhere in that um this is the first episode where i can say maybe i said this last week i don't know um but <laughs> this is the first time that i felt like the election is not my principal concern i'm not i'm not overly concerned about who wins the election i i feel like that's baked in i also feel like these scotus nomination is baked in as well so i don't know i i guess we shouldn't worry about things we can't control but yeah and you know the one thing about uh you know so what you know uh, belsky said there is yes you're gonna have a red supreme court so the only thing you can do is hope that you start flipping states blue right you know uh red supreme court doesn't matter if states aren't you know bringing things to you know to go against the court or whatever so you know if we can see some states they'll find test cases if they want to you know they'll still be kentucky's and louisiana's out there for them to find test cases right i just just mean that like there's not a there's not going to be a test case that's going to like so roe v wade gets overturned that does not mean like california is going to get rid of a right right it just means that the current red states will be able to get rid of them like oklahoma will do it like day one it will be like five seconds after they will call a special session to to make abortion illegal in the state of oklahoma if roe v wade is overturned like that that will happen immediately but other states that are purple or whatever may not do that so let's not butt that yet though like the thing is it's we're leaving it sucks like we're being forced to normalize so much terrible, you know, know. institutionally, you know, just destroying things. And like all the people, all, you know, the young women in in Oklahoma and, and here in Ohio, we have the, you know, we, I was, when we were in the RSB group think tank chat, shout out, uh, you know, I was talking about how. That's private. (laughs) uh, Shout shout out to the insiders. Oh, Uh, yeah. Oh, are you speaking of one Tim Dog? Yes, Tim Dog. See, you're you're naming names now. See, you're Tim uh, Dog Millionaire and uh, LL uh, Dry Boy, uh, which yeah. So, uh, oh, but before we go on, uh, I do need to say uh, we do have a little uh, shout out that we need to give this week uh, on October 11th. I believe that is a Sunday night at the Looney Bin Comedy Club here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There is a uh, comedy show being put on by Michael Patton called Laugh Liberally. It is $30 in advance or 40 at the door. Portions of the proceeds uh, go to one, pay for renting the uh, place, but also two uh, are going to go to chair, uh, going to go, I believe the League of Women Voters is who it's going to. Uh, so uh, you can find that out. Uh, Barry Friedman from uh, uh, Public Radio Tulsa is going to be on the show, a bunch of other people, a bunch of local comics. So go check that out on the Looney Bin website uh, and uh, let's uh, sell it out. I use air quotes. No one could see, but like selling out now is like a much smaller capacity than what selling out used to be. So uh, I think it's, you know, uh, it's not a whole lot of people. So you're going to be able to still go and feel uh, comfortable there if, if you decide to buy a ticket. But uh, yeah, so, well, you know, um, other national issues that we had this week, um, the president basically said he's not going to leave office. <laughs> that is what he said. That's, that's the statement that if the election is ruled against him, if he receives less electoral votes, um, that he will 
have to wait and see because mail-in ballots make this election a fraud and except florida do what except florida where he actually voted where he the same day he said they were fraud said hey floridians vote by mail go vote yeah and so yeah it's it's a total you know talking out both sides of his mouth but you know that's par for the course um he said he would not leave um unless we got rid of the ballots he said the ballots are the problem so let's get rid of the ballots and there won't be any need for um, me to leave which i agree if we got rid of all the ballots he would continue to be president so i mean there's there's truth in that refused to agree to a peaceful transition of power and basically implied like he previously has the only way that he will lose is if he's if it's rigged and the he's gonna stay no matter what so exactly like what, go ahead finish your thought what do we do like that like what what do we do what do we do guys you guys are smart what do we do <laughs> I you, know, you guys ever seen parks and rec that one scene where ben wyatt become you know realizes he becomes gonna be a father of triplets he's like but doctor what what are we gonna what are we gonna just complete anxiety moment what are we gonna do what like what ser- like guys, seriously guys what are we gonna do help me uh well i i don't know i just like the idea that he's still sitting behind the uh the desk in the oval office as biden is moving in and just like hey dude like Legit. Help me straighten this picture up. <laughs> like, like, you got to go. Like, day one, Biden's got to hang Obama's picture, I think, and then, uh, uh, you know, uh, move, <laughs> move on from there. And, you know, uh, there was something I saw on Twitter earlier today from Nate Silver, who he's certainly flawed um, with his models. But, you know, it's that, has there ever been a court case where someone has won by a huge margin, a clear blowout, and, you know, it has come to... Uh, a court decision, you know, Bush v. Gore, other ones, it's always close. And the answer to that is is no, but like, and that, and what the, you know, the argument extended to that is, well, we should just turn out, turn out big, not make it a question, you know, yeah. and then it'll have, he'll have to see the tea leaves and leave however he's going to leave. But, you know, this is a, a weird era we're in with these ballots and he's unprecedented in every possible way. So well, I'm still scared. Well, yeah. I, I feel like this is a, a post-truth period that we're in where, you know, traditionally, yes, if you lose by a certain amount, it's indisputable and, you know, you just go away. But if you remember back to um, way back to 2016, when he, when Trump said that the election was fixed and that three million illegal voters voted against him um, with no with no basis of fact behind it but just to save face for losing the popular vote. So he's going to say however many votes he loses by are fraudulent votes. And, you know, he can lose the electoral college by, you know, a hundred vote, a hundred, you know, units, votes, whatever. What are they called? Uh, whatever. It doesn't vote. matter. <laughs> electors. Electors. Yeah. Um, you know, if he loses by 100 electors, um, he'll just say that, you know, 101 were fraudulent. So, and then the problem, the real problem with that, you know, you can say, anybody can say anything, but the real problem with that is he's and got- he'll definitely 30- say that because that's bad math. It's 51 if, he, if he's up by 100, you know, um, he's down well, by 100. Definitely say 101. Yes, exactly. Um, I was trying to fit his narrative. Um, 
And if he does that, then, you know, 35% of the country will automatically say they'll accept it as, you know, 100% fact. So that's problematic because yeah, that they one, have more guns. <laughs> and so we can blow them out. I mean, I do agree that blowing them out of the water is the safest way to do this. So it's indisputable in the courts. But, you know, because Florida was decided by 500 votes or less with hanging chads and everything in 2000. But, but if, you know, even if, you know, Biden gets 10 million more votes and runs it up, then, you know, there will be a, a narrative presented by Trump that it was just by um, fraudulent voting. And Don, Donnie Jr. and Trump himself have already said, you know, there's this thing that's probably going to happen because Democrats, more often than not, are maybe smarter than an average Republican. So they believe in coronavirus. And we're the ones that are voting by mail and voting early. And those get counted in most states afterwards, um, except for some of the early votes. So there's a scenario where in-person voting, maybe even in a super blue state, you know, Trump is going to win by that margin. But then when the count comes in, you know, it'll be an obvious and resounding Biden victory. And of course, with him being in there with his judiciary, uh, not judiciary, his um, justice uh, department, you know, in his pocket, they're going to do whatever they can to get out all of the ballots. Now, the good news is that it's really on a state by state basis when we really have to look at it. So, you know, a state like Michigan, a state like Florida, you know, they each act independently. So that's reassuring in some ways. I'm just so Bill Barr can't go stick his cronyism into our system. You know, my, my, my hope on this and what I've been, you know, seeing, or, you know, I know that there's like this 500 rep prominent Republicans that have come out to endorse like Joe Biden or whatever. And, you know, I see that. And my only hope is that, uh, and this maybe leads into something that uh, you were alluding to before we got on air here, Belsky, which is the, uh, the sort of bubbles that we live in. Uh, and, you know, I, I have to be like, surely some Republicans that are of sound mind and like logic can hear these comments and go, yeah, this is not American. And no, Joe Biden is not at all. He's not like Joseph Stalin. Like he's not like, you know, that <laughs> Joe Biden is like, this is where I, I would argue like, given this narrative and the whole QAnon stuff and everything that's going on, this is where having that moderate candidate is far more important because yeah, he can point to like Obamacare or whatever, but in reality, a lot of these people are benefiting from Obamacare and they will know that. And it does you know, rely on that ability to go in and use your intellect to think and go like, yeah, Joe Biden is not going to be, like and and Kamala Harris is Joe Biden, King of Antifa. Yeah, yeah. Bum, 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 well, bum, 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 bum. Vice President of Antifa is. Got a breaking news update. What is that? Yes, the number one political party in the state of Oklahoma, the Sooners, have just dropped their home opener. Oof! That's anyway. a shout out to Lucas. There's uh, one team in this state that's uh, undefeated right now, and that's Oklahoma State. So, pistols firing. There you go. Four-point <laughs> touchdown overdogs. Yeah. Who had that money line on the other side? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, so that, that was breaking that news. That was the wrong line. Yeah, that, that was breaking news for everybody out there. 
but no, I, I got to hope, you know, you see all these people, you know, the ones that come to mind. Did Condoleezza Rice come out in support of anyone? I know Colin Powell did. Yeah, um, Colin, yeah, but Colin Powell's kind of been anti-Trump since day one. So, um, and I know there's been some like generals and stuff like that that have come out, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I've got to hope that maybe people are hearing these comments and going, hey, I need this stuff, you know, and, and like, you know, this is not America to talk about how you're going to just stay in office if the people say you're not going to be in office, right? Never so. happened before. Never happened before. And it's what sets us apart from every single European nation. Well, unfortunately, there is a sil uh, vocal minority of voters, the 35% that will support Trump no matter what, who if he lose, loses, you know, 65-35, they will full-throatedly endorse him staying in office. And, and unfortunately – They're dropping the breadcrumbs now. You know, they're, they're, they're dropping all the little talking, preemptive talking points now. Yeah, the, I, they're setting the stage for sure. And the number one group that is behind that – um, that Trump, you know, always has their back is law and order um, police and Blue Lives Matter and all those movements. And here in Tulsa, we have a commercial for um, James Inhofe um, featuring Vic Regalado, who is the Tulsa County Sheriff, um, saying, you know, that we'll always have Inhofe's back. They're always going to have Trump's back as well. So, there are a lot of places in America that law enforcement officers will support Trump, even if he's voted out. I mean, I, Vic Regalado is not going to say, well, I'm a constitutionalist. Never mind, Get out, Trump. Let's <laughs> let Biden get a shot. You know, that's not what he's going to do. And he didn't inflect that in the commercial. And Such irony with them being the law and order people, right? And the constitutionalists as well. Yes. It's absurd. Yeah, it's, they're the party of hypocrisy for sure. It, it's interesting to think about how this election would look um, if, if we hadn't, you know, if we just had coronavirus, right, uh, and we hadn't have had all the racial unrest uh, and, and the, the, the Black Lives Matter stuff, whether or not, like, I think that actually makes this a much more predictable landslide for Biden because I think that that whole defund the police narrative is scary enough for to to motivate a, a good chunk of conservatives to go out and vote. Yeah, but, I agree. I, I feel like because what um, would Trump stand on right now if he didn't have that? Because that's what he does at every speech. He talks about I love our police. Our police are great. Uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever. What would he have to stand on? Okay. Well, he's got law and order on his as his you know big talking point, anti-experts. So if a scientist says something, then it's got to be false because it doesn't support our, our narrative. And, um, you know, just, I don't know, all that anti-education stuff is the backbone of the Republican Party right now. But I mean, like, if he was literally up there and all he had to stump on was being anti-Green New Deal or something – like well yeah yeah and he could have you know the whole socialist art he would try stuff and and i think it does you know it goes back to what you said devore which is you're right like the moderate candidate being in there you know does definitely help because for those extreme leftists 
And, you know, I'm extremely progressive. I voted for Bernie in both primaries, including this one. Um, but Same. for those, ex yeah, for those extreme ones that are still trying to do, you know, never Biden, never Trump, it's like there are real life and death things that are happening that are tangible upon who wins and who is installed as our president Ju Ju uh, January 20th. Like, so that it's and it's clear now it's a lot clearer now and like we talked about a couple of pods ago like you know the misinformation campaigns we're more we're more conscious of that but you know if it were if it were bernie out there it'd be a disaster because just like you said he would have a lot more legs to stand on even if it weren't for you know coronavirus and you know the racial unrest and you know black lives matter and police reform and all the things there like so it's true. Like Trump's got so little to stand on, but does, but does any of that matter? Does any of that matter because of the 40 to 45%, you know, people that he has and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that statement, but um, I, I find it interesting that the strategy of blame the socialist in case Bernie gets elected, because there's a big push against, um, socialism when Bernie was up and that caused some unrest in my house because we had a political fight in my in my house um, because my lady friend was a Elizabeth Warren supporter and I was a Bernie supporter so you know we we butted heads quite a bit about I, would, I wasn't I was a Warren supporter and would have definitely voted for her if she hadn't dropped out before my primary yeah. for sure well, anyway, that was a joke. I mean, there was not really headbutting going on, you know, because, but anyway, I, I found it funny that the, um, the messaging from the Trump campaign, when it looked like it could be Warren or Bernie was, well, they're socialists. So, you know, socialist bad, socialist communist, you know, mm. all that stuff. And then when Biden wins, they say he's a placeholder for the socialists and he's just holding the door open for the socialists. So it's like, okay, well we didn't get our socialists, but we're going to still stuff this socialist bullshit message down your throat. <laughs> noted, noted socialist, <laughs> uh, noted socialist Kamala Harris uh, is going to come in and uh, who is, who is legitimately probably more law and order than anyone else currently in the white. House. <laughs> you know? uh, so yeah. Especially uh, compared to, Donald J. Trump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you know, uh, we have, uh, like, we've had him say that he's not going to transition out of power. Uh, it is the, you know, it's not the first time a president has uh, tried to uh, stay in power after their two terms. Um, th this, uh, if you read, if you've read the Nixon tapes, uh, Kissinger and Nixon explicitly discuss uh, potentially creating some sort of national crisis to where he could remain president after his second term had ended. Um, I guess kind of my hope is that if Kissinger wasn't smart enough to try to figure out how to do that, then hopefully no one in the Trump administration is smart enough to do that. No, Jared's on it. I honestly don't think, uh, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't think if you are a member of the GOP, I don't see how, four more years of Trump benefits you as a Senator or a Congressman. I, I think it just radicalizes, unless we are going full on fascism here, it just radicalizes the other base to try to get, you know, it's going to turn more States blue to where if you get a more centrist uh, administration, you can kind of toe the line for four years 
and just try to get reelected again and stay in power. But I mean, Trump is going to galvanize the left even more um, if he's in office for four more years and you're going to see more senators and you're going to see a, a bluer stance in, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, our, our, our want is to always compare what's going on. You know, everybody jumps immediately to, you know, Nazi Germany. That's a, uh, that's a that you can't make that equivalency because there were certain factors in play with the rise of the Nazi party and certainly the amount of non-Nazis in the in there in the Reichstag did not get larger like you know uh, it was so it wasn't just about the guy in power it was about everybody uh, in in that system now still not good uh, <laughs> that we have a president yeah. saying he's not going to transition out um, but it, and it doesn't you know what I'm sick of? I'm sorry to change the subject. Yeah. But your soliloquy just really reminded me of it. I'm sick of doctors of history trying to teach us history. <laughs> I think we should have reality TV shows teach us history going forward. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. And and football coaches. Well, so, more well more patriotic history in America. It's it's definitely what we need, and it and it totally rectifies with this era of us facing history in the mirror and you know because that's what we need more of is just complete jingoism right i mean that'll be good for us as a nation and speaking of what of fascism and historical things we definitely know that jingoism is good what what that was a joke by the way yeah i know uh, yeah, yeah we, scary, we, scary times here's what i will say people go too far people definitely do go too far in that i think though you know you can compare an apple to a cloud in the sky you know you can compare anything to anything and i think it's important to you know understand the conditions that you just talked about you know the economic unrest the inferiority complex that germans had after they lost world yeah. war one you know yeah, all we, kinds of we things. don't have we don't have an inferiority complex if anything, no, we don't. <laughs> are too we feel we're too important right like yeah <laughs> but it's and you know but um and you know the scapegoating of of jews as the the cause of you know whole society's ills which like we, what, what, we're not really doing, uh, but we, but some groups of society are. It's important to know what conditions happened to cause that to happen. I think a more apt comparison is, you know, the rise of Mussolini in uh, in Italy, which is just straight, you know, fascism. Um, and it's not, you know, we have a lot. He was more popular than Trump is here, right? Like <laughs> yeah. that's a big factor. Um, are, but, are, you, are you saying he's going to be swinging in the streets in four years? Because <laughs> that's what no, happened to Mussolini. <laughs> we have to be mindful of it. That's my thing. We have to be mindful of history as to not repeat it, obviously. And But to draw that straight line, it's like it's it's a little bit much. And it's some of what people don't like about the extreme left is, you know, like, no, actually read about it, learn about it. Um, but yeah. it's still very, very scary because this shit still shouldn't be happening. But we look, haven't learned. If, if that's what it takes to motivate people to get out and vote against him and vote for Joe Biden, then all right, fine. Let let the fear, you know, run wild. Uh, I was in a I was in a different chat the other night, and someone was like, "Why doesn't why don't like some Democrats do this?" That I can't remember exactly what they said. That that do this thing that the Republicans do. I was like, because Democrats are stupid and always try to rise above, and that's why we lose. <laughs> Like sometimes you just got to like go out there and, you know, it, it reminds me of the old Simpsons. It's like uh, the different, there's a liminal, subliminal and superliminal. And he's like, what's superliminal? 
Hey, you, join the Navy. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah. hey, you, go actually, be an idiot. Go vote. I have a question for both of you guys yeah. regarding what you just said, Debo, which is we, we go high, they go low, that thing. But Republicans are good at winning, just like they're probably about to do with Amy Coney Barrett gagging. So a big discussion that's been going on the last couple of weeks, I know you guys briefly talked about it last week, is um, A, court packing, uh, which is not court packing, it's adding justices, or B, um, instituting term limits for Supreme Court justices. Um, you know, what do you guys think about that if we have a Democratic Senate? So obviously the one attempt at court packing failed miserably, right? And it derailed basically- 1937, yes. Yeah, it basically- it kind of, you know, the, the New Deal was already being derailed by that point because he was, that's the reason why he was trying to fight the uh, Supreme Court because they kept overturning all the New Deal programs, right? Um, and it failed miserably because people saw it then, and rightfully so, as a party trying to control, you know, obviously a branch of the government, you know, multiple branches of the government uh, through these means. I think if we're going to be legit about this and, you know, it's, um, you know, we talked about, you brought up strict constructionism earlier, the constitute or originalist or whatever they call it. I call them strict constructionist, strict and loose constructionism, but uh, which by the way, no one can like, none of them are strict constructionists because if they were, then when it says freedom of speech, I, it means I could walk up to them and say, Hey, fuck you, buddy. And they're not going to let that happen. Right? Like they don't actually believe in strict constructionism. No. And liberals don't believe in loose constructionism. Like it's, it's very much a gray area for everybody. We interpret it all the time. But Based on I, our biases. Yeah. But I think if you are looking at, and the other thing is though, uh, you know, I had to, I'd have to brush up on my constitution, but I'm pretty sure the lifetime appointment is written into the constitution. Right. I believe it. I'm I not sure. I believe it's in the judicial, I believe it's in the, the judicial section. So like given our makeup of our country, we are. That's correct. Yeah. Given the makeup of our country, we are decades away from any amendment passing to amend the constitution. Unless it was like, I don't know, everybody gets a free milkshake on Sunday or something like that. Like then even then no one's going to agree on it. Right. Like, so well, like, well, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the last four years, the two actions by Mitch McConnell and the Senate have really weaponized the Supreme court as an issue. And so I could see us, you know, doing anything we possibly can to extend the Supreme court to 11, just as a response, because they've said, um, any decency and rule of rule and courtesy is out the window. So why would we not respond in kind? Uh, well, right. the answer would be, the answer would be unfortunately because we're Democrats and we don't stoop to their levels, but it's time to stoop. It's time to stoop. Well, right. what I'm saying, what I'm saying basically though, is this, uh, the court packing and things like that. I don't think it says the number of Supreme court justices in the constitution. And I think that's why court packing is the only thing that could potentially work because I, otherwise you would have to actually amend the constitution if you wanted to try to do uh, uh, term limits. And that ain't happening right now. Yeah. And that, that's not happening for a long time. So court packing is really your only option. And, you know, I'm not, it's one of those things of, well, it's fine right now, but it can always come back and bite you in the ass. Right. Like, unless you just think that there's going to be, you know, believe it or not. And I know this sounds absurd. 
but the most conservative Republican in office today is liberal by previous American standards, right? There's always going to be a, a that a, was that a shot at Jim Inhofe? There's all well, there's always going to be. They got a lot. They they're they're competing hard for that title. Tom Cotton. No. There, there's always so that you know when you pack the court, there's always going to be different standards of what's considered progressive or not. And so, you know, I, I would say that court packing is probably not something to do, but it really does suck that we're going to potentially, you know, we're going to have three Trump justices. Um, and if he wins four, so, you well, know, one justice appointed or five, five, five realistically, because if uh, uh, Bayer, you know, Bayer and Thomas could both be out of there in the next four years, and that would give us five, you know, the Trump court would have a majority for years to come, right? Well, I would... I would say uh, a positive thing that we could do is if Thomas does die, um, put a very liberal baby in the court. <laughs> so we'll have that seat for 80 years. Yeah, let's put my son in there. You, yeah, you previously referred to him as indoctrinated. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be almost eight. Yeah, he's going to be eight in May. We got, so, you know. So the I thing, mean, what other, what other uh, specific prerequisites are there for being in the court? I think there is probably an age limit. I'm not sure though. Like I, I, I don't have the constitution uh, memorized. Uh, I know bad American, right? Uh, but, uh, but you liberal. Know. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Hey, there are no explicit requirements in the constitution for a person to be nominated to be a Supreme court justice, no age, education, job experience, or yeah. citizenship rules exist. According to the constitution, a Supreme court justice does not even have to have a law degree. All right. Let's test it. Let's test Ooh, it out. Supreme Court Justice, the Prince of Saudi Arabia. Here he is. <laughs> uh, oh God! Don't do not give Trump ideas. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I hear he, he's he's a, a regular listener. So uh, yes, let's yes. not put you that in. Trump. You know what? If he found out that we talked about him, he probably would listen. And you know, uh, boy, how great would it be? Losers. Those, if we got a shout out in a Trump speech, that would be amazing, right? You know, like those idiots at Red State Blues over there say, I don't know why I make him like a Jersey mobster. Uh, I mean, I heard that's that not Dan- far off. I heard that Daniel's political manual was completely abridged. <laughs> yes, that's. You think that's- that dude would use abridged appropriately, uh, extemporaneously in a sentence? <laughs> Take two and action. I heard that. Daniel's political manual um, has a bridge from one side to the other, and it has many holes in the bridge. It's not the best bridge. <laughs> I built the best best bridges. <laughs> the and breast bridge. So I can tell you yeah. the breast bridges. Uh, so uh, yeah, so we've been we you know we've been talking about the Supreme Court and Trump here in the election for a little bit, uh, and something that uh, we already alluded to earlier, but uh, we need to talk about is sort of that that bubble that uh here in oklahoma we live in where it can seem at times that there is no hope right like Uh, that's not just a feeling that's a reality yeah i mean it's like if if uh if there was a if oklahoma split into like two different states and like literally it was like downtown to 21st street became a state that would be a blue state that's about all there would be uh in oklahoma um and but Belsky, you have a little bit different, you know, experience up there. Now your your state is currently skewing on the redder side, 
Uh, but okay. you at least now, and I will say this, I feel like every, you know, talking about what we were earlier, I know the joke is always, we like, Oh, our vote doesn't matter in Oklahoma. Right. It kind of does. If we're trying to pile up the popular vote against Trump. So get out, don't go vote for Kanye or whatever. Oh man. Uh, go out there and vote for Joe Biden. So there'll just be another person. Yeah. It won't matter for the seven electoral votes our state has, which hopefully the census will take that down to six. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, uh, so what's it like living up there where it's a little bit more on the purple? You know, and, and I've really thought about this, this, this cycle because, you know, I just like you guys have always been an active voter. 2004 was the first time I was able to vote. And this will be my ninth time voting in a congressional election. My fifth time, thank you, Daniel, for correcting my terrible math when we were chatting the other day. Um, fifth time voting in a presidential election. And my, my congressman is Tim Ryan. He's like very likely to win re-election and I am going to vote for him. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be the first time that I'm going to be voting for a winner in a congressional election. <laughs> and, you know, as far as my, um, the presidential election, you know, Ohio um, was always thought of as a purple state, um, a bellwether state that if you win Ohio, you win the election last time that ended up not you know, it's red and this time it's, it could be red and Biden could very easily win. So that's not necessarily true, but there's still a possibility that, you know, Ohio could go blue and it makes my whole view of what my vote matters to be, to be a lot more. And, you know, like uh, after RBG died, um, you know, obviously you go into a manic panic. And one of the things is like, well, let's freaking contact my Senator Rob Portman. So that's what I sent a long email, Facebook, Twitter, everything to my Senator Rob Portman. And I would have never, and obviously he's a, he's a coward and a liar and he's going to do everything that the Republicans are going to do. And it's not going to matter what I said, but um, you know, I wouldn't have even thought of doing that to Inhofe and Langford because you know, it would completely have to fall on deaf ears. And in a purple state, you know, your perspective at least feels like it's able to be heard a little bit more. And, you know, there's a lot um, going on in Ohio where, you know, the state legislature is deep red and there's been a lot of corruption here, but People are excited in different parts, like in, in my area. And, you know, maybe we can make the state legislature a little bit more blue. Maybe we can flip. There are 15 House seats. Four of them are blue. That makes absolutely no sense when you consider, hey, it's maybe a 55% red, 52% red state. Um, but, you know, gerrymandering, yay. Um, well, yes. So maybe we can flip two of those seats blue, uh, the, the Ohio one, the Ohio 10, Cincinnati and Dayton. Um, you know, you just do what you can. Whereas there in, in Oklahoma, you know, you don't really feel like you have as much of a voice in, you know, elections. And the last time I voted for a winning candidate that was in a big election was 2006, Brad Henry's reelection campaign. And he's, you know, very much a purple, you know, Democrat. Um, so it, just, it really does change up your perspective. It's not hopeless, guys. It's really not like, um, but I mean, it is there as far as you guys knowing what what your votes matter for for the presidential and and all the elections like kojo is maybe the best candidate that you guys have had down there you know since i've been able to vote he doesn't have a shot he doesn't have a chance like and it makes me really really sad um what makes me sadder about that is like i hope that because there is i have a lot of people that i've known that haven't been active in politics and then this year they've gotten active and I, you know, we had the same thing with Robinson running for mayor and it's, it's, they're going to be stacking up L's, right? It's like when Oklahoma got the thunder here and all these people got into basketball and I'm like, 
you're going to lose. So you, it's going to be your first taste of losing at sports for a lot of you. And you're going to hate it. And it's going to be the first taste for a lot of these people of losing these elections. And I hope it doesn't disenfranchise them. Uh, I mean, because, yeah, he's not going to win. Now, if you were to walk out my front door and, or, or Daniel's front door and look around, you would say, Kojo's a shoe-in to win this. But then if you go 10 feet past 21st Street, you're going to be like, oh, he is done for. Like, I'm pretty sure what? the only Hearn Same thing here with Biden in my neighborhood. I'm pretty sure the only Hearn signs around our house are, like, for the ones in front of the McDonald's that he owns. Yeah, I was about to say that there is a Hearn sign probably in front of the Golden Arches. Yeah, a couple, you know, hundred feet from my house. But uh, on the on the Thunder, let's just let's just step back a second. Um, the Thunder <laughs> did go to the NBA Finals. Yeah, they and were they lost. Very close to being, they're Western Conference champions. Oh, great! Um, yeah, they, how many other Western? Conference that you know what's loser talk? That's like a Buffalo Bills fan going. Well, we went to a lot of Super Bowls in a row. But yeah, you you lost. Like you, you had your window. You lost. Welcome back to maybe making the playoffs again sometime. Or the Americans do have inferiority complexes just about sports and regional sports. Yeah. Or, or welcome back to Seattle. Just go back to Seattle. Do I don't know. I, I I think it's absurd to say, okay, you got your first professional team and they made the they won their conference. Yeah. And, so, and then, but then the so you all are losers. And so people, here's what here's what Devo is saying. Here's what Devo is saying. The Thunder, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Thunder, when they came in, they were the worst team in the league. I remember talking to my cousin in D.C. about it. We were fighting about who was the worst team in the league, the Thunder or the Wizards, and the Thunder won. They were that bad. That first year, year and a half, Oklahomans were completely invested in the business, the idea of the Thunder, the idea that Oklahoma deserves to have a professional team because of the Oklahoma inferiority complex. If the Thunder did not start winning after about a year or two, then – the Oklahoma City Thunder, the narrative behind it would be a whole lot different. It's not like, you know, a city like Boston or whatever that would just support a team if they weren't a winner. And I think that does draw a line to voters because, you know, not only young voters, but, you know, Lincoln Project voters that are, you know, now excited, like you said, people that were ambivalent before that now hate Trump so much that they're going to vote the other way. If they're not contributing to a winner, those are people that could have been engaged, that were engaged during this period that could be turned off. And hopefully they can understand that, you know, that's part of the process is, you know, civic engagement is losing and fighting again and hopefully winning later. But it's, it's a risk definitely if, if we do lose. Yeah. And well, I, think, I think you were, in, you were in the ballpark of what I was trying to say there. Um, I, I was saying it more like this. There were a lot of people that had never been into pro sports whatsoever before. And then we get a pro sports team and they start to like that pro sports team. They the Sooners have, in a pro sports team, but whatever. Anyway. What? No, the Sooners? Okay, yeah. Yeah, ever since Switzer, right? Uh, but, uh, uh, but so a lot of people got into that, and so that was a lot of people's first taste at losing when they did lose, right? Now, they had enough success to keep them going for a little while. But Not like, us University of Tulsa fans that were also Thunder fans. And then, yeah, I know. Uh, but then, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It, these are new people. And I'm talking about like new people that are getting involved in politics for the first time. They, if you start getting handed loss after loss after loss after loss, you're going to maybe not be as enthusiastic about doing it. Certainly, you can't argue that like, obviously there's none this year, but last year, bars weren't showing out every 
home game night for Thunder fans packing them the way they were the first couple years, right? The newness wore off, the losing fit in. Everybody's like, oh, well, yeah, we once had Russell Wilson – or not Russell Wilson, but Russell Westbrook, you know, Ke- you know Kevin Durant, and uh, James Harden, and now we got this, and it's just not as good. And you, you just you, – you lose your interest in it if they start losing. Like, that's just the way it goes. So, right. I, I mean – and I, I'm just worried that people are going to – that there are these ardent Kojo supporters – that when he gets trounced, just like Greg Robinson got trounced, that they're going to be like, oh, I guess there is no hope, and so why should I care about a candidate again? What's the difference between the map of District 1 and the city of Tulsa? That's something I don't know. What do you mean? Like, you know, Kojo is is going to be a candidate for District 1. You know, G.T. Bynum, Greg Robinson is, you know, the city of Tulsa. Like, how are the maps different? Is that beneficial to Kojo? Okay, if, if I can get a word in edgewise here. Um, you know, the map, if you, if you uh, use a laptop, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> Daniel, you were saying? Yeah, you were saying. We won't interrupt anymore. Okay. Hey, um, the map is much less favorable in District 1 than it was for the um, Tulsa mayoral race. Um, but Hearn is much more conservative than Bynum. I'm not trying to give any – um, sense of hope to Kojo supporters, but because the city of Tulsa will go more Kojo than they did um, Greg Robinson, I would imagine, but Tulsa is not District 1. So, yeah. yeah no, anyway, uh, also, um, you talked about the Thunder and you talked about stadiums and, and whatnot. Um, one really cool thing that's going to happen in Tulsa at the end of October is you can go early vote at one Oak field, the Tulsa driller stadium in person um, for three days, Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday before the election, the last three days. um, I think it's 28th, 29th and 30th of October. Um, That will need to be checked, but um, you can go vote for, um, the president and the Senate races and the house race. And um, you can cast your ballot from one Oak field, which is pretty cool. If you ask me, I've, uh, I've pulled up the uh, map of uh, the district one for everybody here. And it, it's, it's kind of a shame that, uh, you know, like that you couldn't get, that we somehow couldn't get Tahlequah and district one. Cause that would liberal it up a little bit, you know? Um, um that's called gerrymandering. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but hey, yeah. If we're saying they go high, we they go low, we go low too, you know? I mean. And all this area out here, uh, you know, basically west or east of uh, District 1, that was that's District 2 that Brad Carson was able to win. Uh, Dan Bourne, yeah, the Dan Bourne, Brad Carson um, district. So. Yeah, and that's Parkway Mullen territory now, just yeah. for the rest. Um, but – yeah. So, uh, well, you know, speaking of elections, speaking of speaking of gerrymandering, yeah. Um, the Gerald Mander, Gerald Mander Ing, yeah. It's Ivan Mander Ing. Um, speaking of Gerald Mander Ing, um, the Oklahoma House of Representatives, led by Charles McCall, has put um, an independent observer in charge of the redistricting 
campaign. Um, the, inter, um, the independent observer that Charles McCall chose was... Charles McCall. <laughs> um, it might as well be, was former um, United States Senate candidate who lost to James Langford, T.W. Shannon. Mm. T.W. Shannon will be in charge of being the independent um, watchdog for the um, redistricting of Oklahoma. T.W. Shannon is an extreme right-wing Trumper, always Trumper, um, loser. So go ahead and check out his social. You'll see what he's all about. Objective, I, independent, sounds like a straightaway I, I just gotta, I gotta say, above board if, investigation. If they can find a way to, to gerrymander to make this somehow even more favorable to conservatives in the state, that's that's pretty impressive. Well, they're going to try. I mean, look, Oklahoma Oklahoma five flipped blue in twenty eighteen, and you know I really thought Kendra Horn would lo- would lose that seat, but you know Oklahoma City itself and that district is actually pretty favorable to. She might win a re-election, and if that's the case, a blue Oklahoma congressman who not only won but won re-election with Trump on the top of the ballot in a straight party voting state, best believe the state legislature is going to try to gerrymander the Oklahoma five for sure. Absolutely. 100% they'll completely change it. But um, I don't think Kendra Horn will win because she's up against um, a number one straight party voting, like you said. But she's also up against Stephanie Bice. Stephanie Bice has been the uh, representative in, or the senator, state senator, who has been in charge of updating Oklahoma liquor laws. She's done positive things for Oklahoma that moderates support. So... I don't think that, you know, people will look negatively on Stephanie Bice being they, that they can go to Quick Trip and buy cold High Point beer. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, you know, I've I've tweeted before that I really do think that Kendra Horn is going to lose her seat because everything we just talked about and Bice is the perfect candidate for them uh, in that regard. But like, when you look at the Sooner poll released a poll and then they released another poll, which actually has Horn like seven or eight points up. And they're of course, you know, a right wing skewing, um, you know, poll. So, I mean, you know, people really, you really don't know what happens in the cities and how people shift. Was the shift a one-time thing or was it more consistent? You know, Omaha is going to go, which is, has one electoral vote. If you guys don't know the Nebraska second district, yeah, um, they do their electoral votes weird along with Maine. Um, that's going to go blue and it hasn't gone blue since Obama in 08, I believe. So, you know, we could be seeing a lot of stuff like that, knock on wood, including in the Oklahoma city. Um, but yeah, no, it was a magical circumstance that allowed her to win in 2018. And, you know, I hope, I hope just, she- barely, just barely. And just also barely. the CD five in Oklahoma is very, it's skewing very liberal. I mean, it's, yeah. Norman is a liberal place now, and it did not used to be. They defunded the police, quote unquote, um, which they, you know, gave more money to the police than they did in the previous allocation. But they did not. But they they reallocated funds other other places. So, you know, which is the epiphany or the, um, you know, the total package of. um defunding the police is just reallocation right well bad branding bad name but good idea uh you know norman was 
skewing liberal until today. They'll probably have to lift all their COVID restrictions to make sure they get enough fans because I'm sure that's what led to the Sooners losing today is that there just weren't enough fans in there. Uh, oh, hot damn. Not enough Sooners fans. The good news is that literally uh, there are no bowl restrictions this year. You could lose every game. And if you have, if you can travel, then uh, you'll probably get a bowl game. So there you go. So uh, I can't wait to see TU in the Boca Raton Bowl uh, this year. So you know what this might mean? This might, maybe Lincoln Riley finally leaves. Sorry, this isn't a sports podcast, but yeah, he's not going to have a great year, obviously. Well, I think we're within our purview to talk about the highest paid employee in the state. So true. <laughs> you know. That's true. for sure. Uh, but OK, so speaking of, uh, of elections and uh, gerrymandering and, and what makes a horrible, horrible election, uh, Daniel, uh, your uh, district that you live in for the state Senate is having a lot of fun stuff going on with it from a certain little group called the what is it? The MAGA coalition uh, to whatever. It is called the Oklahoma MAGA Coalition, um, and it is a dark money um, super PAC that is attacking Joanna Dossett, who is a um, evil overlord of Antifa, who also um, moonlights as a public school teacher in Owasso, um, and her brother is also a state senator who also is an evil Antifa member um, who moonlighted oh. and a veteran. Teacher. And, and, yeah, and, and a veteran. And a yeah, veteran. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the trickiest um, Antifa member you have to face is the um, high school veteran. football coach veteran. <laughs> high school football coach, um, combat veteran, Antifa member, school teacher. That's what you have to look out for. That's what Republicans have to look out for. Um, anyway, JJ Dossett is a the senator from Owasso. Um, Joanna Dossett. Um, is running for state or state um, Senate seat 35 in the middle of Tulsa. It's currently held by um, Gary Stanislawski, who has been the most fervent supporter of um, private schools and we'll just say apartheid. Apartheid. Yeah. <laughs> amongst other things. And <laughs> Um, is very against uh, moder modernization of Oklahoma. Um, he is term limited, so he's out. She's running against Cheryl um, Baber, who um, is a hard right wing person who, you know, would get votes from people who um, live on the South side because Senate district 35 goes relatively South and um, Joanna Dossett has faced multiple attacks from um, this MAGA group that says that um, her mentor is um, Nancy Pelosi, that um, she secretly gets her kids to go to Owasso schools because she doesn't want them to go to Tulsa schools, hence that she supports um, school choice but does not mention that she is a teacher at Owasso schools and her husband is also a teacher at Owasso schools. And it's just extremely misleading. Um, you cannot see this. I'll post it on our, I don't know if we want to even no, share this. We don't need um, to spread that out anywhere, but yeah. But they, they, Joanna Dossett, leftist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is one of those liberal for Oklahoma. 
Uh, I will uh, flash up here for the benefit of, uh, if you guys want to go look at home, I'm flashing up for uh, Velsky here, the what Senate District 35 looks like, which, uh, you know, if it was uh, just, you know, a third, the northern third of it maybe has a chance. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, a buck, just like every other. But, district. yeah, it goes all the way out to 100. Zoom in a little bit, Devo. What? Zoom in a little bit. I don't think you I can. can. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Riving it, podcast content. Zoom in, Devo. Yeah, no, it goes all the way out. Basically, it runs down the Arkansas River and runs uh, basically up to Yale all the way out to 121st Street South. So, and it goes as far north as 244, and it's just a big wiggle and squiggle around there. Uh, so, it encompasses, like, some of the most liberal areas of Tulsa, but it also encompasses some of the most conservative areas of Tulsa uh, once you get past uh, 31st Street. Uh, so, yeah, you can definitely, if you go out, uh, if you start driving down Peoria, uh, once you pass 21st Street, you start seeing a lot of Baber signs and not many Dossett signs out there. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, in a, the, <laughs> it's, you know, it's never been just you versus the other person, but it's even more pronounced. Like, these flyers aren't coming from the Baber campaign. I'm sure they're not upset about them, but Dossett is running against her and this MAGA group, right? And she doesn't have the war chest to really fight against it, right? You know, right. And and I heard something really interesting a couple days ago that um, the FCC, the the corporation that's in charge, or the government entity that's in charge of um, deciding what commercials run and how they run and all that, um, the FCC gives the cheapest commercials to the cheapest rate possible to actual campaigns and they have to get the cheapest rate. And then, so if you give money to a campaign, you'll get more for your money than if you give to a super PAC because they don't, the FCC does not require local stations to give that same rate to, um, yeah, to the super PAC. So give to local campaigns, your money will, it counts twice as much especially in local races. So donate to your local races, not just to the um, committees like the DNC, RNC, but donate to Joanna Dossett and candidates like that. And, and I, I, I will say, uh, you know, uh, shout out to Shauna Mott-Wright, who is running in my district, but she has no chance. Uh, she's running against Dave Rader, um and oh do nothing dave yeah uh yeah uh frat boy dave or whatever i forget what Dossett told me the nickname that they call him is but it's like he's like you know uh bro broski dave or whatever but yeah i mean that is, is mr waldron gonna get reelected? john waldron in the yeah. 77 well, john, john waldron ha, john waldron will, will term limit that seat out um Good. i don't like know it, enough about the and, composition and, and, of that seat, you know, well, yeah, that's, that's house district 78 um, it was held 77. 77. I'm sorry. I live in 78. Um, he lives in 77, which was held for 12 years by Eric Proctor yeah. and handed over to um, Waldron and he'll, ha he'll hold that seat until he's ready to be done with it. Which I'll be surprised, you know, Eric Proctor is just sort of sitting there and 
He's waiting for a gubernatorial run, I think. I don't think – no, I don't think it's a gubernatorial run. I think he's got a mayor of Tulsa running him. Like, I know it's I, – I think that's his, his next step. I don't think he's got enough of a name to, to do gubernatorial, and I don't think he has enough – like, I mean, the previously mentioned person that we talked about, J.J. Dossett, after he terms out as a senator, would be probably – who I would think you would want to make a gubernatorial run as both a veteran, a high school football coach, a pretty good looking dude, uh, and kind of a, a middling conservative Democrat educator. Yeah. An educator. So he, he checks a lot of marks, you know, in that box. And I, I'll be interested to see what his plans are once he uh, term limits out because he ran unopposed in Owasso last time so yeah and he he won a, a special election the first time right yeah, special election the first time he first time in 47 years that that seat went to a uh, democrat so so he is not he's not run an actual campaign no he has he hasn't had like, to really okay. like, um and you know uh it's it's one of those things uh but yeah no joanna's you know and that that was gonna be our aoc read this week is that uh, joanna dossett was said that uh the aoc the flyer said that AOC is like her hero or whatever, and that she just believes in everything that AOC. Yeah, just the most unflattering uh, pictures of Joanna, who I have the pleasure of knowing Joanna. I have worked with Joanna. She has been a member of the Oklahoma Education Association. Uh, she's a major advocate for, for Jeez students. Louise. That, Daniel is showing that flyer. Oh, when he rips it up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that is in a state Senate election. I was told in order to win a state Senate election of that, of this size in Oklahoma, that it used to be, you could maybe do it for about 50 grand, but now it's somewhere around 150 to $235,000. And there's obviously a lot of dark money going in because I've gotten mailers of this bullshit magnitude. So I, I gave in the primary. I'm going to, I'm going to give after we get off this, um, give to your the the moral of this story is to give to local candidates that you support. Um, give money, give your time. I'm sure they'd be happy to have you write postcards. They'd be happy to have you make phone calls. Look, uh, get, get involved in your local politics because that's where it matters. And I, I will tell you this: obviously, the uh, <laughs> the number one thing you can do for those candidates is also something that I refuse to do. Uh, which maybe makes me a bad person, but is to go knock on doors. Like it is so dumb to me that that is the most important thing, but literally every political advisor in these type of elections will say the most important thing you can do is go knock on doors because even if they don't put the sign in the yard, they know your name and that you took the time to talk to them, which goes so against me because i'm like i don't want you to bother me stay out of my life whatsoever but apparently it is the number one thing uh that uh you know you can do to sort of you know move the needle uh to maybe win some voters over and it, it well if that if that's hours. number one number one a would be have a liberal podcast um that has run the number one liberal podcast in oklahoma for the next that we for know. The last 37 weeks. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. but the lesson is do what you can, right? I mean, there are some people that either aren't equipped to, don't want to, or health wise with Corona, don't feel comfortable knocking on doors. But if you can do that, do it. If you have the physical, I mean, the financial I mean, wherewithal to do donations of any size, do it. Like if you can phone bank, if you have time to do it and feel like you can do it effectively, 
do it. Like it's time, it's time to do stuff, guys. It's time to activate for sure. And I'm, I'm tired of people who just bitch and moan about how things don't go their way. And yeah, maybe they go vote, but they don't donate. They don't knock on doors. They don't phone bank. They don't write cards. I mean, there's something for everybody to do to raise, to, to be Postcards an Postcards for Voters is a wonderful organization too, where you can do postcards. Um, but yeah, so get out there and contribute and do whatever you want. And then you can also write off political contributions too, to a certain point. Uh, liberals activate <laughs> yes liberals <laughs> activate get going uh i will like you know uh you know i i assume that uh you know stanislaus he, he not only does he support apartheid but he probably also supported those first uh dutch slave traders that brought slavery to the new world uh back in the day that's for someone that may be watching that's really a fan of dutch people uh right now um just you know the most deplorable people ever the dutch uh now uh <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah there's the thanks i was expecting uh but we uh i, I do want to say one thing uh, there was a study that came out the other day and maybe this is some hope for the future i don't know if you guys uh if you've seen this you heard about it uh but there is a uh there's a new organization i can't remember if it was at ou or, <laughs> or somewhere else uh that uh launched and it was a non-partisan like student political group as opposed to young Democrats or young Republicans or whatever. And the article was accompanied by like the statistics that it seems like, it seems like younger people are starting to move away from party affiliation. And I think now, obviously I'm a teacher. I have not seen a single person wearing a Joe Biden face mask. I have seen several Trump train 2020 face masks of kids wearing at school, which one, I just go, you're just looking to get something going with somebody with by doing that. But uh, I think there will be those that will always be like super motivated on the other sides, but there also will be those that are just sort of like, I think a lot we have reached hit a pinnacle of a lot of the sort of extreme things. And a lot of the new generation is sort of like, yeah, they kind of want seventies complacency, but like not the same. They kind of want just sort of like, Hey, let's just be more chill about this. And uh, I think maybe that'd be the road we're going on. But again, that's going to be years and years in the road. The people that are making up QAnon are not teenagers. Like they are, you know, I would say the people that are making up QAnon are likely to be over 40 white males for the most part. Uh, well, and, and you have to understand the kids, or that you, the, the kids you see wearing Trump masks at your school, the kids are not working their job to go, their own personal job to go buy that mask off of Trump.com. Their parents bought them the mask as a protest to the district. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Their parents... <laughs> bought that mask probably off of Amazon for like $6 and it came straight from China and none of that money goes to, I'm sure there's lots of Trump masks out there that are spelled like T R U P M or something like that. Just cause they're like made from the wish app or something. Uh, I still think we missed the boat on buying a bunch of Trump flags and selling them down there when the rally was going on. So, well, only 6,000 people showed up, so we didn't miss that big of a boat. Well, you know, uh, but yeah, so uh, get out there <laughs> and donate it all to like, to Black Lives Matter, or the League of Women Voters, or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> or or to me, <laughs> you know. Sounds tooth. Yeah, sounds tooth. Going to sounds tooth. Uh, but yeah, so um, 
anything else guys we need you know we're we're going on i think a little bit over an hour now uh anything else you guys want to uh throw out there before we go uh you know it's 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 one of those things where the situations are constantly changing we're what four 20 minutes away from him announcing officially his supreme court uh nominee man i'm hoping for a swerve i'm hoping for a rating swerve let's just just comes you out know what my theory is and i put i put the odds out on my twitter account wrong lines as, as well that amy coney barrett the last time the odds were available was a negative 750 favorite to you know be the person that he announces yeah if it's somebody else such as like allison rushing who's like a, a even younger person um it's because trump put big bets on you know plus allison <laughs> rushing plus three thousand stack the deck and cashing out <laughs> yeah do you think he has the money to place bets i mean hey if you put a hundred bucks on a 33 plus 3300 something that's you know that's quite, that's some $33,000. So, you know, come up or $3,300 math is hard. Well, yeah. Anyway, as I'll, I'll just say as early um, ballots come out in Oklahoma, um, I received one at my house. Do not, I repeat, do not take the bait and vote for Kanye West just because you think that that's a, you know, funny thing to do. And albeit Oklahoma is a throwaway state do not do that because the overall vote count needs to be substantial, and not a not not only the um, electoral college, but the overall vote count needs to be through the roof. So, do not vote for Kanye. And Don't vote I, for Trump. And I will say, anybody that's out there that maybe if you didn't get your ballot in time or anything like that, uh, but uh, uh, you know. I've I have been I voted in person in all these elections this year you know even past the uh, the the virus um, and they're socially distanced they give you a each person gets their own pin when you go you don't share anything you go over to your little cubicle you vote like so I, I've never felt remotely unsafe voting in person so if you didn't get your stuff in don't worry about it probably just don't wait until 6 30 p.m to try to go vote you know um and there are also early voting at the uh you know at the county offices you can go vote down there in person early and as uh as as uh, daniel said earlier the, that's not true there will no not be early voting at the county office it'll be at one oak one oak field is the only place you can early vote so are the uh is the uh, is the craft family going to put up all their pro trump signs at one oak since they're one of the largest donors the people that own uh, tulsa fc and operate out of one oak field down there robert craft runs them who what robert craft runs no the different craft family this is the one that the wife of the family was trump's uh, un ambassador that's the family that owns tulsa fc now so if you're a supporter of tulsa fc you are a supporter of donald trump so don't support Tulsa FC. Next, you're going to tell me I cannot go to Bob Mills Furniture just because he's the Oklahoma chairperson for the Donald Trump campaign. Can I not go to Bob Mills Furniture? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Once I found out that QT donated $5 million to Kevin Stitt, I think I've been to a QT once. So Yeah, I'll come and go. Like, I'll, go to, I'll go to Pure Perfection Gas or whatever it is down the street that used to be Fiesta Mart. So any day of the week. So, all right. Well, if there's anything else, guys, you want to talk about, let's time. If not, we'll wrap her up here, guys, on this episode today. 
Uh, well, we'll go around the horn. Anything you need to plug, Daniel, the political manual? Um, stay safe and make good decisions is all, all I can tell anybody to do. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're trying to steal my line, but your delivery is horrible. Uh, Alan Belsky? <laughs> you're like, I am not worried about any replacement. Man, just ever, do stuff. You know, like I, I wrote my senator. It meant nothing. But, but do the things that you are able to do. If you consider yourself a civically engaged person, then take action. You know, a lot of our lives have been defined by inaction, indifference, not doing things when we know it's the right thing, thing to do. Don't be that person. And also don't be a person that votes for a third party candidate. Yes. Yes. I... And if you're, if you're listening to this, then you know what to do. So do the damn thing and get activated. Go activate you know what? That brings up a good point. Tell, tell, talk to people. Talk to people, talk to people that you disagree with, talk to people that are ambivalent and bring them in, bring them into the conversation and help them understand these tangible things that we're talking about that will affect their lives. The Nothing Matters crew, are they're, they're uninformed, most of them, and help them be informed. Yeah, and most likely you have a friend and or family member that does not participate in the system. Get Call them. They'll listen to you. Speak speak some wisdom to them yeah uh and uh, i know that there is if you are also i think there has been uh, some calls i think the oea was calling oklahoma education association was calling for uh notary volunteers for notarization of uh ballots uh also uh just public service announcement banks are still notarizing ballots for free i mean they don't you just have to ask them uh, i think there's only there's very few banks that aren't doing it um and uh okay so yes yeah one other thing make sure that if you're voting um by mail in oklahoma that you do have a license that is not expired that you put two stamps on your envelope that you take a picture of your license or um your voter registration card um that you get your ballot notarized all those things Send legitimate ballots in because Oklahoma will try to throw your ballot away if you do not send it in properly. And you can check online to see if your ballot has been processed. Send it in early and you'll know, you'll have a chance to check if it's been processed. Uh, and uh, I will say this, if you're a Democrat and you're voting by mail, just go vote in person too. Uh, let's just get a couple of votes going there. How about that? Uh, Very Trump. <laughs> yeah very trumpian of me do not uh, do that we do not advocate doing that vote early but not often <laughs> i just yeah don't yeah we're I'll, the good guys say, damn it I, I would just say vote often uh but uh, <laughs> uh but no uh we do have uh, my plugs coming up uh, the aforementioned laugh liberally at the looney bin on october 11th here in tulsa oklahoma uh belsky do you need to plug something else Oh, I was just saying I'm leaving. I love oh, you guys. Uh, Belsky, watch your Twitter before you leave. Okay. Watch your Twitter. Okay. Watch oh, what is my Twitter? Yeah, you know what? You guys need to go ahead and follow Wrong Lines on Twitter. That's wrong with a silent W like it's spelled in English. Lines, all put together. You're going to see stuff on there about politics. You're going to see me saying fuck you to Rob Portman and fuck you to Matt Lieberman, who's the Senate candidate for Georgia. You'll see all kinds of stuff. You'll see me speaking from my first person perspective, like it or lump it. If you're listening to this podcast, you like it. Um, I hopefully will be having some more election coverage kind of things coming in the coming um, weeks, but grownups are busy. 
What is the wrong lines position on Mitch McConnell? Is it a yay or nay? So the thing about Mitch McConnell is fuck him. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's very disappointing that he's going to win another six years, but uh, fuck him. We can still say, fuck him. Let's make him the minority leader instead of the majority leader. Fuck him. Let's be as strong as he is in the operationalizing of the Senate. Let's listen to Harry Reid and stall it through. Fuck him. He looks like a turtle. You Myrtle the turtle. <laughs> and fuck Daniel Cameron, his protege. All right. Well, Belsky, you have a great day. Uh, we'll have you on here again in a few weeks. Uh, after we have some special guests next week for a record we're going to do on the patio. Uh, I, again, we have uh, things that we need, need to do, guys. Uh, if you are someone out there and you uh, like uh, to do games that are about uh, trying to, uh, I don't know, figure stuff out, if you like escape rooms and stuff like that, uh, you can go to okay. you can go to huntakiller.com and use code SOUNDSTOOTH so we can try to make some money for our network. If you would like, you'll get a 20% discount on the Hunt a Killer game. It's a thing where they send you clues in the mail and you try to figure out who did it. Uh, a lot of people out there have done this game before and they really, really enjoy doing it. Uh, in addition, uh, in the uh, future, we will have lots of stream shows on Soundstooth. If you're listening to this the minute it comes out, there is going to be a stream show tonight on uh, facebook.com slash Soundstooth, soundstoothnow.com, and hopefully the Soundstooth YouTube page as well. That'll be a comedy show live from 473 here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. On Wednesday night, there is another a live uh, hopefully uh comedy show coming to you from the looney bin that will be streamed landry miller who will be on the podcast probably next week uh will uh be on that uh that show and then uh we have uh, another show on october 3rd you can also catch punchlines from the porch 4 which will stream on all of our services out there so please support us here at Soundstooth. every click helps every share helps it makes us lets us spread the word and maybe eventually get us a sponsor and increase our reach so yes what were you going to say there as we get to sign off you said landry miller would that be the evil overlord of soundstooth network yes the evil figurehead of soundstooth network landry miller uh and michael Patton will likely be on a, a next week or in the upcoming week so all right, guys. Well, that's Red State Blues for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you have any comments, suggestions, or things you want us to talk about, hit us up at on Twitter at Red Blue Pod, or you can catch us at Red State Blues on a Facebook. Uh, those are the best ways to contact us. If you have any candidates you'd like us to know about and shout out here in the state of Oklahoma, please let us know. We are obviously Tulsa-centric, so if you have someone else in your area that you would like to get some support out there for, let us know, and we will give them a little run here on the podcast and all that fun stuff. For Daniel the Political Manual, Belsky, who has already checked out, I am Devo. Everybody, be safe and make good decisions. <laughs> <laughs>